Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. Hi, I'm John O'Brien, host of Money and Wealth on the Black Effect Podcast Network. I'm an entrepreneur and a businessman. Now, every Thursday, my newest venture is educating you on how to win financially. Even better, I'm going to teach it in a way that, well, you can understand. I'm going to meet you where you are and take you where you need to be. We all might have different starting points and end goals, but as long as we have the desire to acquire financial freedom, it can be done. Listen to Money and Wealth with John Hope Bryant every Thursday on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up? This your boy Jerry Clark, and I am the host of Storytime with Legendary Jerry Podcast. For the last 30 years, I have worked with some of your favorite artists like Outkast, Killer Mike, Jeezy, Akon, Jermaine Dupree, and so many, many more. Storytime with Legendary Jerry is an ode to the South. Southern rap has had the game on lock for years, and now I'm telling you legendary stories of how we did it. Listen to Storytime with Legendary Jerry on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I cracked a joke on Twitter about having a family member that when you call them, they're your problem solver, but sometimes they kind of like, overly solve the problem <laughs> that you can't unsend that call. You know, that they go, they gonna fix the issue. A la burning like, like Amazon rainforest clearing for cattle grazing, solve the problem. They just going to torch it. And we like, look, the ground's clear. We got family members like that, that like it, you have to really count the cost on, calling that cousin, that auntie, that uncle. When the issue gets to a place to where you feel like you can't handle it on your own. And some of y'all replied like, oh, look, I am that cousin. Ha, 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 ha. Now, maybe in a metaphorical sense, you probably are, but that's not the sense I'm talking about. Okay, this is hood politics here, which you should know by now because you a whole minute into this episode. Cousin I'm talking about is the one that's going like, it, it, unless you beg them, they gonna tie the body up and stash them in a hole somewhere. They gonna commit a felony is what I'm trying to say. Probably multiple felonies if you call this person for you. You know what I'm saying? So like, if you go... <laughs> If you're going to send this text, you need to really, really count the cost. And on the other hand, the person receiving that text, they also counting the cost. One about how much they actually love you. How much of a personal diss they feel. A personal insult or injury they feel by their family member. In this scenario, you being disrespected do they feel like that's a personal disrespect 
Do they feel the juices work to squeeze? Do they feel like this is light work? This is something that we can handle without any particular repercussions. Do they feel like you have some sort of favor you could offer them back later on? Do they feel like if they get into this situation, is this going to cause some repercussions for themselves that they're necessarily ready uh, to handle? There's a lot of counting of costs here. The moral of the story is if you send this text and this person received this text, you got to understand you can't unsend this. You, you, you look, you when you squeeze the toothpaste out of the toothpaste little thing, you can't get it back in the tube. You can't unsay this. I'm I'm reminded of the scene in Boys in the Hood when Doughboy and them was on their way to ride. Uh and old Cuba Gooden, Cuba Gooden Jr.'s character was like, hey, stop the car. I'm getting out. They look at him and they like, all right, you, you getting out? And he like, I'm getting out. He made that decision because here's the thing. If you continue on there, there is a point to where you like, listen, once we turn this corner, ain't no getting out. Ain't no getting out. Now, in street certification, in the, in the rules of the streets, the street certification, like, listen, like, if you if you wear this flag, you rock this bandana, you wear this color, you're not allowed to get out the car. But, uh, you know, Cuba Gooden Carey, he ain't signed up for all this. That's just his family. He's just in a situation where he felt like he was down. But you know what? Like, he, you know, he went on to go to Morehouse. <laughs> you feel me? I remember the interview with Game. Game was talking about the difference between him and Kendrick. He was like, I feel like, you know, I I have sort of the intelligence and the talent of Kendrick. Just Kendrick had the sense enough to get out the car. He was like, um, it was too late for me. I already signed up for this. I felt like I couldn't. But looking back, man, I should have got out the car. I should have. Kendrick was smart. Get out the car. Like, you don't have to live like this. But either way, if you if you if you gonna send that text. If you in a situation where you feel like you can't handle this on your own, you need some help, you need some backup, you know, I think JB said it last week, like, hey, I'm going to go there, I'm going to go help you in this fight, but you got to remember, you got to help me when I need it too. And that, you got to help me when I need it too. You know, pay me back later, get me next time. You know what I'm saying? This that's Sometimes that's a really high cost, especially if you not really you know, with it. So whether you sending a text or receiving a text, there's some thoughts to be thought. Let's talk about the U.S. and Germany sending them weapons to Ukraine hood politics. All right, so welcome, first. Secondly, I'm recording this like the weekend of the Tyree Nichols video dropping. Um, so not very 
okay right now, especially just talking about violence, you know. I think there was a part of me that, like, any other black man, you know, got triggered, I think. There's a study out of Rutgers University that talked about the experience of black people having PTSD from, like, watching us being murdered by the cops, you know, that uh, it's called linked fate. That's the name of the phenomenon to where we just, you know, it really, it really messes with us, I think, in a very unique way. Um, I think this one, you know, obviously has another layer in the sense of one, it's just brutality. And then secondly, the fact that they were, you know, black officers. And I tried to prepare myself. You know, I had a little little TikTok, little video go, kind of go crazy, just, you know, kind of talking about the situation, which I can get into a little later. But I think it's important even in this episode to talk about just the effects of continual violence, you know, on the psyche. Like, I really didn't want to record an episode this week. Like, I almost didn't even want to do hood politics at all because I'm just like, man, I'm tired of talking about hood stuff, man. You know, and I think this is why it's because hearing them officers talk just sounded like gang shit. Y'all ran up on an op and you beat the brakes off him. And as that man laying there, they just kind of going over the, you know, sort of the, just like the, the post game play by play about now, nah, man, y'all, you know what I'm saying? Like, just, I, I don't even want to like reenact it, but just when I say verbatim, well, maybe not verbatim because that's like too literal. I've heard that conversation a ton of times. It's the, you know, again, after you just stomp somebody out, you know, and you catching your breath, you talking about parts of you that hurt, like that scene because of like, how do I, how do I explain this? I don't wish like gang shit on nobody, whether you lived it, lived through it, you know, somebody like me that was just there and even like you know like in the beginning game talking about man like i i know this did a number on me like i know that she was not healthy but it's just what it's just what it was this is just who we were and i think for your own psyche it's like to keep your own self together you have to figure out how to like redeem some of them things that you knew was just like nobody supposed to live like this but we did and it made us who we are and you can't live in the past you can't like live with regrets. You have to figure out a way to redeem your story. You know what I'm saying? Any of us who were able to survive a lot of this, remembering that we saw death at an age nobody should, like, let's just be real. We shouldn't have been experiencing death the way we experienced death. And as early as we experienced death, you know, and as frequent, you just, nobody should live through that. We just did, you know, but nobody should. Like, that's not, that's no way to live. It's no way, it's nothing to like, for real, for real, it's nothing to glorify. That's why when you hear rappers who like really live the shit, when they talk about like, nigga, we not glorifying it. This is just our stories. We're just being truthful about our stories. Like they, I honestly believe niggas believe it. Like it is truthful. We are not glorifying it. But at the same time, like how I'm supposed to keep my psyche together if I can't find some sort of joy or meaning in what we went through. I'm rambling right now. But the point I'm trying to make is hearing them talk about just the post-fight play-by-play after they stomped this boy out was 
way too familiar to me. And I, I feel like triggering is such a like <laughs> triggering word, but that's the way it felt for me. I'm not even layering the fact that they was police. I'm talking about specifically the experience of being ran up on and stomped out. Obviously, the next question for you would be like, have I ever been stomped out? I've never been stomped out. I've gotten out of situations. I've had the threat of being stomped out. I've got away. I've talked myself out of stuff. But that pit in your stomach, that part of you that's preparing yourself. And some people like that adrenaline. They like that adrenaline rush. You know, uh, we remember the episode we talked about, like, yo, these are the rules when you finna get jumped. It's like, okay, you know, you prepare yourself for pain. You just cover up your, you know... Uh, vital organs, you know, don't let nobody get behind you. You just hope that the damage ain't as bad as it going to be. But you look, I'm a dog walk one of y'all, but I'll be damned you dog walk me. And you you're like, I don't know if you've ever been in this situation. And the thing is, like, how frequently is the point I'm trying to get to, how frequently we've been in situations where this is for our life. Or for some serious, real, real, real safety. I'm about to experience some severe pain. And I'm trying to get out of it, you know, and I hope the homies help. But if they don't, maybe we'll get revenge later. But right now, I need to try to make myself seven feet tall. And 300 more pounds to try to fight this off. Or I need to just hope these niggas get tired. You know, uh, just there's there's strategies to the thing. But that's when it's gang shit. When they the police. Oh, God. When you add another layer of the fact that this is the police. What option you got? There is no fighting back. There, there's no strategy. It's the state. The state is doing this. Who, who gonna help? Who, who, gonna, who, who gonna jump in? I don't know if I can express to you the depths of fear and despair when you realize no one's coming to help. I like, let's pause this for a second. No one's coming. When I saw that paramedic come and like kind of like try to help him out, when I tell you why they still talking about, he's sitting there, why they still talking about stomping him out? When I tell you how deeply that hit a chord for me, to the point to where I was like, I don't want to do hood politics no more. I'm like, I just don't, I don't want to talk about none of this shit no more. I'm tired, nigga, tired. Like, and those other black men that did it, dude. Oh, man. 
And whether these officers understand the depths of like institutionalized racism and and self-hate and being indoctrinated by joining a system that is um, clearly biased and giving that person that power, almost like being the overseer, oversee, oversee, oversee officer, you know, um, black cop, black cop, black cop. Like if you, um, whether they know the depths of like the psychological sort of trauma and implications that causes, you know, that badge giving you that feeling of power that you can exert that kind of power over somebody in the streets like this who was running from you because you sprayed them. Whether they understand that or whether it was like, man, I'm just trying to get these blows off. I'm just, it just kind of feel good to beat a nigga up. You know what I'm saying? Like whether, or it's just that street shit who clearly also doesn't understand the depths of self-hate and how those things work in that, Again, if the institution is biased and if race is a social construct, which it is as it relates to power, which means that anyone, despite their color, can participate in institutions that uphold that thing, despite whatever your color is, then, you know, you would understand how a act like this, which is, as you like to say, black on black crime, uh, is still a vector of systemic racism and anti-blackness, even though it was carried out by black hands. If you really want to understand how that works, there's a whole body of study uh, about how race intersects like that. And it'd be critical for you to understand that. Yeah, it's called critical race theory, but you know, that's banned. You'd understand how all that works together, but I digress. The point is, no one was coming. And I think that that depth of despair is the piece I want to talk about. Because it's that point that makes you want to send that text. Let's talk about it after the break. I'm John O'Brien, host of Money and Wealth on the Black Effect Podcast Network. I'm an entrepreneur and a businessman, some would call a thought leader. Now, every Thursday, my newest venture is educating you on how to win financially. Even better, I'm going to teach it in a way that, well, you can understand. No unexplained theories, no mundane lessons, no using 20 words when two will do. I'm going to meet you where you are and take you where you need to be. I'm giving you straight talk relatable stories and life lessons through my own experiences and the lens of others. We're not just talking about why financial freedom is important. We're focusing on how you can achieve it too. We all might have different starting points and end goals, but as long as we have the desire to acquire financial freedom, it can be done from the streets to the suites. Listen to Money and Wealth with John Hope Bryant every Thursday on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up? This your boy, Jerry Clark, and I am the host of Storytime with Legendary Jerry Podcast. For the last 30 years, I have worked with some of your favorite artists, like Outkast, Killer Mike, Jeezy, Akon, Jermaine Dupri, and so many, many more. 
story time with legendary Jerry isn't old to the South. Southern rap has had the game on lock for years, and now I'm telling you legendary stories of how we did it. Like Pastor Troy doing the ad-libs for one of Justin Timberlake's biggest hits. Whenever you listen to Cry Me a River, man, I'm all through them ad-libs on that song. It's that one Cry me a river. Ah, Y'all hear this? to it, man. And what if I told you Jazzy Faye and CeeLo have an unreleased album just sitting in the vault waiting? Now, you and CeeLo had a group for a minute, man. Yeah, we had a whole album in the can. We got a, we have a whole album. Now I have partnered with iHeart Podcast to bring you one of the hottest podcasts in the game, telling you some of the most unheard stories in the music industry. Listen to Storytime with Legendary Jerry on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're back. Now, I want to talk about the, uh, obviously, the war in Ukraine. And Germany and America deciding to, uh, all right, we're going to send the blickies. We're going we gonna to send, send the heavy the heavy stuff. And I want to talk about what this means that Ukraine understands about their situation, uh, the implications that America needs to think about, like, in this, and what we thought about. But what I think more interesting is what Germany really need to think about if they really going to send their heavy artillery stuff. But before that, like, I mean... There's some sort of, there's blood running in the streets in East Jerusalem right now. Some sort of green light has been lit out there. They killing each other in the streets again. And while America and the rest of the West is talking about all that in the news, it's interesting because we might be sending a a, a person over to the Middle East or over to uh Israel and Palestine to try to broker some sort of peace. But like, are we really willing to get in this? How do you like synagogue shot up? But that's because there was a shooting before that. And when we talk about East Jerusalem, what you talk about is a place that's supposed to be Palestine, but is also has Israeli like uh, settlements inside of what's supposed to be Palestine. So there's just this like, you know, whenever we it, the law go way back in the episode call, you wasn't outside where I was trying to lay out like really what's going on over there and how it's almost impossible for it's too thorny for any of us to really understand what's happening over there. But I tell you what, I know the feeling that nobody's coming. I understand that you like, listen, I don't look, I don't this y'all not going to help us. I need somebody who's down to send the heat. Who down to blow some shit up? Ain't nobody going to help us. Nobody praying for me. I know that desperation. 
Granted, not enough to put the heater in my hand, but enough to send the text. Now, on some street shit, is that cowardly? Maybe that I'm not willing to pull the trigger myself. I don't know. But I have been scared enough to think that had I had a heater on me at that moment, that I probably would have. I You just I listen. I I can't explain to you the fear of when you when looking across the eyes of this you know this damu blood I just in the 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 fact that like and where I'm like this man might take my life you know and and like just the desperation of being like had not my cousin jump in it would have been like it would have been a very my cousin jumped in you know and I'll be etern- I'm eternally grateful for one of my cousins jumping in but I'm very it's very interesting to see America's position here in relation to America's position in the war in Ukraine If you don't know what's going on, I don't know. You apparently you you you've 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 protected your mental health much better than the rest of us, and you've kind of sort of buried your head and don't understand there's been a war going on between Russia and Ukraine for the last year. But essentially, this it, to make it, I like I always try to do it in the Crimea River episodes. I try to give y'all at least a perspective, not a validation, but a perspective from Russia and from Ukraine. And from Russia's perspective, again, uh, Russia don't believe Ukraine should be a country anyway. They still believe that this all because of the Cold War. You done broke up. Our our empire got broken up. But okay, it is what it is. I guess you your own thing. But you finna give us back Crimea. So they got back Crimea in whatever shady, janky, weird ways they got it. But ultimately, the deal was this. All right, Ukraine, look, we'll stop. We'll drop it. We'll squash it. But just, man, don't join NATO, dog. We don't need them niggas in our backyard. Crane's like, uh, I don't trust y'all. I don't know. Like, I can't really make a deal with you. Like, I don't trust you. How am I supposed to make a deal with somebody that don't think we should exist? That still think you we belong to you? Like, I need some backup, homie. And then from the Russia side, they like, fam, that's the, oh, that was our only request. Again, like I said in those early episodes, you don't need the op like the opposition hood in your backyard. Like we cool as long as y'all way over there. Like if you Russia and it's like okay, NATO way over there. I don't need y'all in my backyard. Like that shit is dangerous. I don't want my neighbor clicking up. Like you don't want your neighbor a part of a rival set. Like what? Like this is dangerous. But your neighbor, like, well, you dangerous too. Y'all volatile. I don't understand. Y'all crazy. And it, like, I, listen, I have grossly underestimated the amount of clout that Vladimir Putin has been able to continue to uphold. Because I thought at some point, them rich Russian oligarchs would be like, okay, enough. You is messing up the money. But no. 
He's still doing his thing. And now I feel like it's a matter of principality. Now it's a matter of pride. Because you wasn't supposed to go over there and get your ass beat. And just declare yourself a winner one day in certain regions and be like, all right, we run this. The people have spoken. Like, you still just trying to bully your way over here because you actually, listen, again, you just declare yourself the winner, right? In, in certain parts of the country. But listen, I don't know. I Look, it, going back to the street fighting thing, I don't know if there's anything scarier than a person that just won't drop. Like, if you giving them... I mean, two pieces with a side of fries, like you giving them all, everything you got and they not dropping, that's terrifying. Ukraine not dropping. So at this point, you like, maybe I could outlast them and I could outgun them, right? But as we all know, Russia guns is trash, right? <laughs> Zelensky in Ukraine going, help me, help me. Right, looking at the rest of the West, like y'all see this fool. Look, so Ukraine is like, listen, I'm I'm counting the costs. I'm out here getting stomped out. I'm fighting back. I'm holding my own, you know. But listen, I don't know how much longer I can last. I think it's time to send that text. So. If you're the if you're Ukraine, you like, I know if I send this text, I'm going to owe you a favor. At this point, my situation is so bad <laughs> and it's so long. I just want this shit to be over. And I know because you got it right there. And I already know you don't like this nigga either. Like this could be good for everybody. Fam. Cut the check. Send the goons. Or if you can't send the goons, at least send the sticks, man. Send me some sticks, fam. You y'all 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 paddocate. You 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 sending me these little twigs? Like I need the sticks, homie, so I can end this. You see me out? You see I got heart. You see like our folks can handle it, man. Send the sticks. Germany, you round the corner, dog. Like we share a border, homie. You don't think you not next? Send the sticks, bro. God, dog, man. Send the sticks. Now, if you Germany and you're America and even the UK, you're thinking, okay, yeah, you know, I really don't like Vlad, but I also really, I have to think what is his, what's his cutoff line? Because they know, like, they know that he know that we homies with the Ukraine, that we, that we back the Ukraine. They, he know, he know that. He know we the op, and he know, like, you're supposed to back up your homie. Like, he know that. So, of course, in his brain, he like, I can only bully you to tell you to stay out this fight for so long. I can only, like, convince you to, like, don't jump in for long enough. That, but at some point, I know they're going to jump in. But if you America, if you Germany, you have to figure out, you got to try to get in Vladimir's head and be like, Okay, now if I jump in, when does this problem go from me helping to being my problem? Especially if you Germany. When does me sending these tanks turn into me helping the homie to me inheriting his beef? Because ain't nothing worse than inherited beef. Some stuff you ain't had nothing to do with. Now you now you in the fight. Ain't, let, let me tell you something, ain't nothing worse when you, 
when you get secondhand smoke. You feel me? That's what Germany trying to avoid. They trying to avoid the secondhand smoke. Don't nobody want no secondhand smoke. That's not even, it wasn't even my problem. And then now it is. And the other part of that problem is like, what if my helping don't help? What if I, I try to come in here and do this and it make this nigga so mad that he start taking it out even worse on the rest of these civilians because he just salty that somebody jumped in. And now I'm not, now I'm making matters worse. So it's a lot to think about. This is why it's in our news. Gee, we, we give weapons all the time, all over the world. Why is we talking about, why is this a big deal? Why is Zelensky allowed to address our Congress? I mean, some of it could say hashtag whiteness. You know what I'm saying? Like, again, some for some reason, this particular war is more special than the rest of the wars we involved in across the world. None of their presidents get to pull up and be like, yo, y'all going to help? That don't happen with none of the brown folk. You understand what I'm saying? Like, okay, so one could make a very good argument that that's because these is white people. White people. One could also make the argument that it's because Russia's are, I mean, these are our main enemies. This the old, like, this our old, like, you know, our sparring partner. You can make that argument too. That that's why this this hits a particular sort of like like chord. But I think there's also I think all those things are true. I also think a third one. The third one is nukes. Nukes under the finger of Vladimir, because that nigga crazy. And like, this has bigger repercussions. Now, listen, it got bigger repercussions on the nukes, but we all the way on another continent. Not if you Germany. Nigga, your oil come from there. Your power come from there. Nigga, it ain't next door. Now, for most of my life, I've lived next to, except for, um, at my mama house when we was in the burbs, my particular street was that was that was all right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but when we was in La Puente, when I was in uh Whittier, like I look, there was an and now there's a blessing and a curse to living next to volatile people. You know <laughs> the blessing is don't nobody want to smoke. Y'all say it because you know your neighbor crazy, right? The 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 curse is everybody wants to smoke because your neighbor crazy. <laughs> Listen, man, I'm telling you, politics is just it's just this just hood living, y'all. I'm John O'Brien, host of Money and Wealth on the Black Effect Podcast Network. I'm an entrepreneur and a businessman, some would call a thought leader. Now, every Thursday, my newest venture 
is educating you on how to win financially. Even better, I'm going to teach it in a way that, well, you can understand. No unexplained theories, no mundane lessons, no using 20 words when two will do. I'm going to meet you where you are and take you where you need to be. I'm giving you straight talk, relatable stories, and life lessons through my own experiences and the lens of others. We're not just talking about why financial freedom is important. We're focusing on how you can achieve it too. We all might have different starting points and end goals, but as long as we have the desire to acquire financial freedom, it can be done from the streets to the suites. Listen to Money and Wealth with John Hope Bryant every Thursday on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up? This your boy, Jerry Clark, and I am the host of Storytime with Legendary Jerry Podcast. For the last 30 years, I have worked with some of your favorite artists, like Outkast, Killer Mike, Jeezy, Akon, Jermaine Dupree, and so many, many more. Storytime with Legendary Jerry is an ode to the South. Southern rap has had the game on lock for years, and now I'm telling you legendary stories of how we did it. Like Pastor Troy doing the ad-libs for one of Justin Timberlake's biggest hits. Whenever you listen to Cry Me a River, man, I'm all through them ad-libs on that song. It's that one one Cry Me a River, Y'all hear this, man? listen to it, man. And what if I told you Jazzy Faye and CeeLo have an unreleased album just sitting in the vault waiting? Now, you and CeeLo had a group for a minute, man. Yeah, we got a whole album in the can. We got a, we have a whole album. Now I have partnered with iHeart Podcast to bring you one of the hottest podcasts in the game, telling you some of the most unheard stories in the music industry. Listen to Storytime with Legendary Jerry on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, now a few specifics. Uh, America agreed to give these, like, Patriot missiles, which at first... We weren't trying to give them the big guns because we was not confident, according to, I mean, this is what we said. We was not confident that they was actually able to operate them. You know, what's the point of giving you these things if we got to fly over there and train you on how to use them? Like this, like this. That's at least that's the cover story, which I agree, because now we sending people over and don't nobody like niggas ain't I'm not I ain't going. I ain't going over there now. Like you, you can borrow. You can. It's like somebody helping you move. It's like, uh, you could borrow my truck. I'm not going to help you move, but you can borrow the truck, though. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, man, that would have been a whole funny premise for this, too. That's less violent. Anyway, so so we'll send you the thing. So that was a cover story. But I think, as you just heard me explain over this last 20 minutes, I think there was more, more to it than we don't know if they know how to use it. And then the rest of European countries are now sending over these tanks. Okay. And this type of heavy artillery, what it does in the war, it's 
without getting into too much just warmongering and like battle theory, uh, but essentially it's like any boxing match or sporting thing in the sense that there's this, and you, it's hard to tell. It's a very like hindsight kind of situation or you have to really be kind of into the thing, but to spot these critical windows of time. I think when you like, if you're like an avid sports watcher, depending on what type of athlete you're talking about, there's a moment in like, you know, if it's basketball, like in the third or fourth quarter where momentum, like that's something that people talk about, like just this intangible thing where something inside one of this team just kind of flares up and it's like, we're not losing this. That change, that shift. And then they go on like a 20 point streak and then maybe the other team can rally a comeback, but there's something that happens mentally. Even when you're down by like 15, it's like, it's, it's intangible, but you, it's like, if you're an avid sports watcher, you know it when you see it, when the game shifts and you're like, oh, these, they going to win today. I remember once one of the, uh, obviously, you know me, I, I'm, you know, I bleed the Lakers it was during the bubble finals, which, okay, everybody always puts an asterisk on that, but a win's a win. But in one of the games, it was like the first quarter, AD, Anthony Davis, you know, gets a rebound, puts the ball back, dunks it in a certain way, and his whole body, his whole, like, just his body language changed. It's like he just evolved into Amon Raw right there, and it was like, we're winning this game. Just there's just something in like this this competitive where you're like, I am not losing. And like, I wish you could see like my arms balled and my fist balled up in this day. Like that that happens. So if you're the West, back to the war thing, you're watching this and you see basically like now I'm switching sports to like boxing to where you know, Ukraine getting a, f- a few good jabs in there, but it's all defensive. Like you're just, you're just basically holding off. These was, like I said, you taking blows, but you're not falling. Russia can't finish you off. So there's this window of opportunity that if you're watching and you say, actually, bro, if you can land this next punch at the right time in the right window, then this whole fight changes. And now you're on the offense. So this type of weaponry that the West is looking at at this particular moment is deciding that, like, if this is going to end in any way, one, they need better ways to defend themselves. And two, a chance to go offensive. To not just stop Russia, but push Russia out. Because, if again, if these fools finna actually be NATO nation, you can't be no punk. And again, nobody wants secondhand smoke. And if you join NATO, it's official. You just gave us secondhand smoke, right? So, and again, going back to the metaphor, America, no, you right next door, right next door to the op. And if you were America, you wouldn't want that on your doorstep. Hell, We did a whole thing on Iran-Contra. That was America saying, I don't want this next door. Like, that's this, 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 this
So anyway, so you're, so as the West, that's one of your calculations in like, in actuality, like you're calculating, is this the right time to give them the right things? Is this a chance for them to, can they actually turn this into a win? Secondly, like we said before, can you handle this type of weaponry? You know, you gonna mess around, hurt yourself, you know, you know, shoot your old toe off, cheddar bob this mug, you know what I'm saying? Like if I give you the wrong stuff, you're not prepared for it, which is pretty sucky to think like that, but it is what it is. And then thirdly, like I said before, is this gonna make Vladimir too angry? And if it is, am I giving y'all enough heat with enough training to squash it before it comes to our doorstep? I mean, it's a lot to think about. Now, all the Western countries are looking at each other, almost being like, okay, you go first. Like, you got to put yourself in this position here. Russia volatile. So, UK, like, are, I mean, I'll give them some. you give them some. America, like, we'll do it if Germany do it. Germany, like, I'll give them the tanks, you give them them tanks. You give them them missiles, I'll give them our tanks. You first, nigga. I mean, we are, our tanks are old. You can ask. You know, we got this We got this one special tank, but hell, I look, you go first. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got all these people that are available and able to actually change this world. We deciding among each other, like, I go if you go, but I ain't going by myself, nigga. I ain't sending that shit over there by myself. You gonna help me, like JB said last week. I'll jump, I'll, I'll jump in, but you gotta help me later. That's happening around the side of the squabbles. Countries brokering with each other, looking at each other like this, like, listen, dog, this ain't, I mean, it's a lot like high school, but the stakes is much higher. This ain't like, you know, I go to the party, you go to the party, uh, you know what I'm saying? I help if you help. I go with them, you're just like, no, you know what I'm saying? Like, nations could die. If we don't do this right. You, We might be setting a trajectory for the next 15, 20 years. Might have a whole new Western front. We don't do this right. So there's a lot to think about. In addition to this, the weapons that you actually choose, like you have to remember the wars in the beginning was a, it was a city war. Like those were mostly urban areas. So the help we was given were conducive to that. I always laugh when you see like uh, sort of like military fatigues when they bring in like military grade police into the city. And I'm like, is that camouflage? What is you camouflage? Why are you wearing fatigues in the city? Like that's not, isn't that supposed to camouflage you? You look ridiculous, right? So you want stuff that actually matches the situation. Situation has moved away from the cities and now it's in more rural you know, kind of open field areas more towards, you know, these borderlands. So the question now is like, and it's winter. Like, it's like, you know, it's cold now, you know, and what are we actually protecting? We're protecting power grids, protecting water sources, right? You're pushing them out of particular areas. So you need, you need tools that match, you know what I'm saying? Your situation. So while you just asking us, you know what I'm saying? Yo, send the heat, send the heat, send the heat. We need to be like, okay, well, what heat? Should we send and will it really help? And again, like I said, 
that's also very insulting in the sense that like you think them fools don't know what they need. Like, it, really, I think they do know what they need. But either way, we have to decide, like, is this juice worth the squeeze? And again, there's a whole conversation to be had about. Are we giving this much care to Yemen? To African nations? I just heard we sent a delegation down to Africa because we trying to like different nations of Africa because we trying to like we need to get in on that sweet, 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 sweet trade money that uh, China been raking up on for the past couple years, past couple decades. China invests a lot of money in, in Africa. Some African nations are like, look, we don't need none of y'all money. OK, you don't really love us. You never have. Other African nations are like, nigga, cut the check. Yeah, y'all fight over who going to pay for this. Sound good to me? I don't know. But are we given that type of care for conflicts across the world? I, I, I doubt it. I think some of it, again, is because their situations pose no threat to us. You know, like... Is the Northern Ethiopia coalition, are they going to invade America? No, we don't care. Obviously, that sucks for me to say, but it's true. The calculation has much more to do with how does this affect us rather than how much blood might be shed. Because again, it's just street shit. And then the last thing you have to calculate, which is what I've been trying to say earlier about like this fool got nukes, is they're calling it the red line. That's what they're calling it. What is the red, what is the line that if we do too much, we're just gonna set Vladimir off so bad that it ends up being a problem for the whole world? Like the homie Justin, aka the company man, says. I don't have the answers to these questions. So yeah, man. Rest in peace to Tyree Nichols. Man, I'm praying for peace for his mama. Praying for black people everywhere who are subject to seeing this again, man. You know, praying for my own neighborhood in Monterey Park that that's down the street. Y'all are like, if y'all don't know LA, like that's Monterey Park is, it borders East LA. It's, I mean, it's just the Asian part of town. Like this is a very special, that's, look, that's where, when I go to the movies, it's in Monterey Park. Uh, that's like, that's how close it is to my house. Um, it's just so much violence out here, dog. And it sucks when you feel like nobody's coming to help you, you know? And especially when that violence is, you know, in Tyree's place and actually in the um, Monterey Park situation and Half Moon Bay situation. Well, no, I don't know about the Half Moon Bay situation very much, but the Monterey Bay situation, it's done by the hands of people that look like us, that look like them, you know? But then with Tyree, like, it was done by the state because, like, God dog, man. Nobody coming to help. 
So I understand, man. Sometimes you got to send that text and just hope somebody comes. On a personal note, there was once in my life where somebody owed my mother some money and just kept kind of shucking her around. And I was a good 10 minutes from sending the text. And then my mom called and said, hey, you paid me back. And I was like, you just saved me from being an accessory. (laughs) I almost sent the text, man. Uh, I have so many other stories that I am not at liberty to share. But either way, we sent the blickies. The text was sent. The text was received. And look it, you can't unsend that text, y'all. We can't unsend them weapons. Germany, you, you in the game now. UK, y'all in the game now. We, we done all sent weapons. We've made our choice. We'll see how it go. Little politics. Yo, yo, this thing right here was recorded by me, Propaganda, in East Los Boyle Heights, Los Angeles, California. This thing was mixed, edited, mastered, and scored by the one and only Matt Osowski. Y'all, check out this fool's music. I mean, it's incredible. Executive produced by Sophie Lichterman for Cool Zone Media. Man, and thank you for everybody who continue to tap in with us. Make sure you leave a reviews and five-star ratings and sharing it with the homies so we could get this thing pushed up in the algorithm and listen i just want to remind you these people is not smarter than you if you understand city living you understand politics we'll see you next week Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Hi, I'm John O'Brien, host of Money and Wealth on the Black Effect Podcast Network. I'm an entrepreneur and a businessman. Now, every Thursday, my newest venture is educating you on how to win financially. Even better, I'm going to teach it in a way that, well, you can understand. I'm going to meet you where you are and take you where you need to be. We all might have different starting points and end goals, but as long as we have the desire to acquire financial freedom, it can be done. Listen to Money and Wealth with John Hope Bryant every Thursday on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up? This your boy, Jerry Clark, and I am the host of Storytime with Legendary Jerry Podcast. For the last 30 years, I have worked with some of your favorite artists like Outkast, Killer Mike, Jeezy, Akon, Jermaine Dupree, and so many, many more. Storytime with Legendary Jerry is an ode to the South. Southern rap has had the game on lock for years, and now I'm telling you legendary stories of how we did it. Listen to Storytime with Legendary Jerry on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.